podcast devoted to bringing you some spiritual truth to consider every day, Monday through Friday. Our passage for today comes from 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to read the first 13 verses. It says, This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a stare of the devil. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanders, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. I was recently taking a group through this passage to talk about when you're looking for a church, the kind of church you want to have should have leaders like this. I recently read a book um, on this passage specifically, and it pointed out something that kind of blew my mind when they said it. And, uh, you know, a quick reading over this list um, bears it out that this list of qualifications for overseers and deacons is really just a list of what Christians should live like. Uh, quickly, before we go on, when it's talking about overseers, it's, it's this word that uh, means either elder, which would be a spiritual leader in the church, like Bible Fellowship Church, we are run by an elder board of seven men who make the decisions about the things the church is going to do in the spiritual direction that we believe God is calling us. Or pastors. It's the same word. Pastors meaning teacher, shepherd of the flock. And this, the first list is a qualification for those church leaders. The second list is a qualification for deacons. And in both of these lists, what do we find? We find people who are expected to be living the Christian life actually. Above reproach, husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunk, not violent, not quarrelsome, not greedy, must manage his own household well. This is the list of qualifications for the people who should be leading the church. Uh, but think, go backwards. What is someone who lives uh, the kind of life that is the opposite of all of these lists? Uh, poor reputation, somebody who sleeps around a bunch, um, very up and down emotionally, does not have self-control, is not respected, uh, does not love people well, uh, doesn't know their faith, is a drunk, is violent, is quarrelsome, is greedy, can't manage his own home. Listen, you might reading that list, you might think, well, this person probably doesn't know Jesus at all. So what are the lists of leadership for the church? As we look at the kind of people we want to be in authority over us as believers, they are people who are actually living out this Christian life. They're really making a go at it. 
the list of qualifications here or in the other places where we read this in Scripture is not moral perfection, is not getting it right all the time, is not never making mistakes, is not being holier than most people. It's someone who's really living this thing out. And anyone who looked at their lives, whether inside the church or outside the church, could bear that out. So the question that comes to my mind after reading this passage, for all of us, not just those of us who are already leaders in the church, but all of us who are members of Bible Fellowship Church, the question would be this, why are we not leaders? Why aren't we using the leadership potential that God has given us? Now, well, for one, when we talk about elders and deacons, uh, this is, these are offices that are reserved for men in the church. Sure, that's fine. Um, but even as women in the church, a similar list would be given for those who should be leading women's Bible studies, or leading grief share ministries, or leading uh, helps ministries, or leading children's ministries. There are plenty of places in the church for all of us to be using our leadership gifts. But if we don't meet the, meet the list of qualifications found here, now reading this as just a list of people who are really living out this Christian life, the question becomes, why not? Is it because I'm sitting back on my heels and not really pursuing Christ? Am I not making an effort to grow my faith? Am I coasting and just showing up to church, um, being fed and then leaving? Is it because there's a sin struggle that uh, I can't seem to get victory over that keeps having me down and the guilt and the shame from that uh, prevent me from moving forward in the Christian life? Is it fear? Is it simply fear of, of being called out beyond what I'm comfortable with, with what I know? Men and women in the church, why am I not using my gifts to be a leader in a, in, in, in a ministry, a Bible Fellowship Church? Well, if it's any of these reasons, the good news is there is a biblical and God-centered answer to all of them. If I'm simply coasting in my faith for whatever reason, blaming it on busyness or uh, uh, hurt or wh whatever it may be, uh, the Scripture is clear. You're going to reap what you sow. If you reap to the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. If you, reap, if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap life. So lean into who God is. God promises to meet you there. The Word of God tells us if we seek Christ, we will find Him. Pastor Andy said this past Sunday night, a quote that has stuck with me, says, if you want to find Jesus, put yourself in the places where Jesus can be found. Well, where do I know that Jesus can be found? He can be found in His Word. He can be found in His church. He can be found in good, godly Christian friendships. He can be found in prayer and worship and meditation on the Word of God. In all of these areas, Christ can be found. And when we meet Him, He gives us the strength to grow, to continue our Christian walk. If it's a sin struggle, something that's got us buried down in, in guilt and shame, get help. We are not meant to live this Christian life alone. And if there's been a continual sin struggle that has had you tripped up, then find someone you can talk to about it that can give you some good, godly Christian counsel about a way to get victory in your life. It can be found, but very often it can't be found if we isolate ourselves from those who love us and who care for us. Or is it maybe fear that prevents us from using the leadership gifts that God has given us? 
Well, I've said this many times in, in teaching scenarios that the most repeated command in all of Scripture is fear not, is do not be afraid. The perfect love of Christ casts out all fears. So I put you back to the first advice, which is to get near to Jesus, to appreciate His love for you, His power at work in you. The very life that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is inside of us. So we must lean into that if we're going to continue to grow, to overcome our fears, to replace the lies with the truth of God's Word and what He has for us. This list of qualifications for leadership, whether it be for serving in the office of an elder or a deacon, or whether it just be to get plugged in and using the gifts that God has given you. They are not outrageous. They are calling us to really live out this Christian life as though we believe it's true. And when we do, we might see God do some powerful things in our lives and in the church. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you are doing in each and every one of us, God, that because we are still here, uh, you know, listening to this podcast, you're not finished with us. You have things for us to do. So, Lord, help us to live the kind of lives that make us useful to you, that allow us to see the blessings of your work in and through us. God, and if there's something blocking the way, an obstacle, uh, a hindrance, Lord, help us to, to lay that down, to give that to you, to seek out help that we might be the servants that you have made us to be. As Ephesians 2.10 says, your workmanship, your beautiful creation to do the work that you have called us to do. We will give you all the praise and glory for it. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in for another edition of Let's Talk Church Family. You are loved. Have a blessed day.